0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first mini episode of In Love with the Process. I am your host, Mike Petchey. Thank you for joining me. How are you guys? What's new? What's going on? Um, okay, so what is a mini episode? Well, basically, it's where I'm going to nerd out about the gear I use. Maybe I'll talk about specific techniques that I'm using these days. And get into the real nerdy shit for all you filmmakers and photographers out there. Now, I've said this before, and I firmly believe that your gear doesn't make you as an artist. Uh, It's there to support you, and it should be able to shape to your needs. Um, And if you're just starting out, there isn't this very specific filmmaker starter kit that you can go out and purchase that will make you a cinematographer or a director or even get you work. Um, If you're just starting to shoot... You should start shooting and directing with whatever you can get your hands on these days. I mean, hell, my fucking phone can do some amazing stuff. So I highly suggest that you learn on the small stuff. Learn on whatever you can pull together. I mean, if you have an old VHS camera, shoot with that. Um, It'll force you to come up with a lot of tricks and techniques that I promise you that you'll be falling back on when you have a crew of 50 and some of the biggest toys in the marketplace. Um, That being said, On uh, our mini-episodes, I'm going to tell you about the gear that I've adapted to and why I've decided to use it. Um, You may find that you need it for the same reasons. You may find something helpful in there. Uh, It could also be a great starting point for you to figure out your own pieces of the puzzle. But I stress this. Uh, Definitely come up with your own style, come up with your own technique, and then find the equipment that works for it. So today, I want to talk to you guys about editing. So video editing, photo editing, sound editing. I want to talk to you guys about my relationship with this great company called Puget Systems. Now, yes, they are a sponsor for the show. I'm going to come right out and say that. But that came after I found them, when I was looking for a better option. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard the story. I, re- I wrote a few articles online about it. But... Um, I think it's been like five years now. It's been a while. Um, we had trouble back with our, we used to have full Apple edit systems at our company offices at McFarland and Pesci. Um, and we were at the time, we were cutting like everybody else, mostly DSLR 1080 footage. And like what so frequently happens with all software and all hardware stuff, there are those nagging updates. And I remember actually having a timeline that we had to deliver to a client and then having that nagging update, which was accidentally clicked. And once we did that, all of the same footage wouldn't work anymore. It was some sort of hardware, software update. So I literally couldn't play back my timeline in real time, 15 minutes after I had done it. Um, And the process of going backwards is this huge issue with those guys. Um, And so at that point, we had machines that we had bought like two years prior to that. And being stuck in that sort of consumer mentality of like, okay, maybe this means that we should get something new. And if we are going to buy something new, like I said, this was five years ago. We're like, okay, we want to start to prepare ourselves for the 4K market. Um, And so we ended up going to uh, that website and sort of going through the options. And they only had like two or three options available uh, to us with some pretty minute sort of upgradability and customization. And at that time, their cases were changing. It was becoming uh, all about like very low profile trash can kind of looking machines that couldn't fit like our third party cards, couldn't fit any of that stuff. So the next thing you know, you're, you're paying a high price for this This software that required like a a squid, like an octopus arm of all these dongles and and breakouts and everything else that you needed. And it was getting really frustrated. And the thing that really irritated me um, at first was that in order for me to buy a system with the new system that they were selling that was compatible of my old system, it was thousands and thousands of dollars. And that was even before I got into the 4K market. Now, If you work in the film business, especially film business has been heavily controlled by Mac. And so if you're a post house, or if you're an editor and you're working with other companies, like let's say you're working with a VFX company or if you're working with like even a sound mix company or like a sound mastering company, all those guys all have Macs straight across the board. And so even thinking about making that jump was a very scary proposition for us because it's like, okay, if I make that jump, is all of my timeline, all my timelines, all my project files, are they all going to be compatible with uh, a Mac? And is there a Mac PC compatibility? Um, Well, we did all the research um, and we brought it all together and I can let you guys know all about those things in this mini episode. So Uh, For those of you who aren't video editors, for those of you who aren't photographers, you should probably stop listening right now, Uh, just because it's going to get super nerdy um, and very sort of detail-oriented. But those of you who are in the marketplace for a new edit system, and you want to get the most bang for your buck, and you want a super beefy, powerful edit system, right now we have two 4K real-time cutting edit systems in our offices that uh, we got like two years ago, and they're still compatible. Um, and everything is upgradable, um, and uh, I feel like I'm in really good hands with this company. So let me start at the beginning. Uh, when I was younger, I used to build PCs, like so many of you used to do, and at that time it was mostly for gaming. And so you, there was a challenge involved with like, finding the specific hardware, picking out these pieces, ordering them all together, and then sort of putting together this Frankenstein machine that was super fast um that a lot of that comes from my roots as being a car mechanic um and i thought it was really exciting until you go through the process of actually doing it on your own and there's a lot of defective parts that come in there's a lot of beta testing that needs to be done sometimes there's compatibility and sometimes there's not compatibility i will say that is the great thing about apple products one of the reasons why they restrict uh hardware that goes into the machines and they're very specific about their upgrades is because they know for sure if you get it it's going to work no matter what the problem i have with that is that there's usually a cap on like horsepower there's a cap on what i need and the prices are out of fucking control with those guys so um whenever i do an edit i don't know if you guys are the same way that i am i'm always taxing my system so like if i buy a system that is 4k worthy and it's going to run like uh, three or four different um, video tracks real time. I've got like 15 tracks. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always pushing the limits of what it is that I'm doing. And it's because I want my projects to look different. It's because I want them to feel different. Like, I may, be mix, I may be mixing multiple media stuff. For like 12KM, we shot, I think we shot like 2K Alexa, and then I was mixing that with 4K. Um, raw files from a Sony camera with like the microscopic footage. And then I was mixing in like super high res, like 6, k still image work, all this stuff in the same timeline and in a, ta- in a timeline that I didn't want to deal with rendering on. And as you know, when you're cutting and you're pacing, the worst thing in the world is when you hit that space bar and nothing happens. You have to wait a second, especially when you're in that minutia edit where you're just trying to get the glance right between the wide shot and the close up that's when I get really, really frustrated. That's when you see me actually wanting to throw the keyboard across the room for some, on some of my older systems. So um, back to when I was a kid, I used to build these systems on my own. Um, and it, it takes a lot of troubleshooting to get them off the ground and put them together because you never know. Like a, a simple piece of hardware, you could have installed incorrectly. There could be Uh, some sort of manufacturer's defect in it, and then you're just sort of going through the BIOS and trying to figure out where the error is. I couldn't do that now. Now running a company, now having multiple editors, and myself being a director most of the time, I can't afford to become tech support. And I can't afford to hire on somebody to be my tech support slash computer builder. Um, And so that was a huge fear of mine when I was deciding whether or not I still wanted to stick with Apple. They know this and they do a really good job of supporting you, quote unquote, with AppleCare and everything else. Now, I'm not dogging on them. They make really great stuff. I'm actually using my old MacBook Pro laptop to record this episode right now. I mean, this thing is a beast. They make amazing laptops. Um, But when it came to buying multiple systems for my edit room, I didn't want to be indebted to these guys. Like you have to keep your overhead down. So I had to start to look at PC. Now, also, on the Mac standpoint, I was, I'm using everything in Adobe, man. Like, I'm cutting with Premiere. I'm uh, doing all my audio work in Audition. I'm recording in Audition right now. Photoshop work. I mean, literally, everything I use those machines for is in the Adobe suite. So at that point, what is the difference? What is the difference between Adobe on a Mac and Adobe on a PC? Um, There are a few little details that we'll get to as we talk about this. Um, So I did the research, and I'm like, okay, cool. I, I want more horsepower. I know I can build PCs cheaper. So let me go into it and see what the specs are for a great 4K PC. Now, mind you, this was like five years ago that we did this. I hunted and scoured the internet, and I couldn't find any real specs for it. You know, they, most people that are building PCs are building them for gaming, That's pretty much what was going on. And then a lot of utility work or CAD drawing or, or like uh, you know, basic other design, like they really weren't in the industry. And there were a couple of companies that were making things that were bigger, larger companies that really didn't seem to have the specs I wanted. And the machines were just way overpriced because I, f- I felt like they, they felt like they could do that because of how overpriced. Uh, the Apple products were. So I I scoured the internet and I stumbled across this company called Puget Systems. Now Puget Systems were, uh, they were talking about building some early edit machines and I just reached out to them and I said look here's what I need fellas. I need to build myself a real-time 4k edit machine. These are the specs I need. I need an internal storage system I want to raid. I want to. I want to be able to raid together. Solid state drives. I want to have all these different things happen. And these guys were really excited about it because they're a very um, they're a smaller company out on uh, the west coast. I think they're up in the Washington area. They'll probably give me shit for not knowing exactly where they are, but I think they're Seattle, Washington. Um, and they were really down to earth. I remember getting on the phone with their tech guys, and we just talked about movies. And we talked about the type of films I make. We talk about my needs and what I need for hardware. And the guys went to work and they started to spec out some machines for me. Um, and the thing that I loved about it was that they would run specs on all these specific pieces of gear. So like, they're like, okay, you need a specific type of, uh, of uh, sound card or graphics card. We've tested, all, we've, we've tested all the new versions of this and this is what works. Um, And these guys are constantly testing with all the new updates, how that hardware works with that update, how it works with the motherboard, how it works with the different drives, like when does Thunderbolt work on PC and when does it not work on PC? I mean, they're a fantastic resource as far as hardware is concerned. And these guys were super cool at the time that they were just letting me know this stuff without me even buying a system, which was like a big plus, you know. Um, the, the other issue that I had being a business owner was besides trying to figure out how to build the system that I need, I need tech support. And, and I physically don't need tech support. My editors potentially need tech support. My people that are using it need tech support. And, you know, Apple Care has always been this big, comfy blanket. But I don't know if you've ever tried to call Apple. And, and get on the phone with those guys and say, look, I'm doing this specific thing in this in this edit right now. And for some reason, the playback's not working. Or for some reason, everything needs to be rendered in my timeline. I cannot figure this out. Um, Puget is into that. When you call them and you talk to them on tech support and you talk to them on the phone, you literally get a human being, which is amazing. You don't go through some phone thing and you don't go through all that crap. And then they have machines and stuff that they test on their end. So there's been multiple times since I've built systems with these guys that I've actually even sent them footage and told them the specs that I'm using and had them run through it. And then they can figure out whether or not it's a hardware error or they can figure out if it's a weird update thing. And they also reach out to Adobe and they talk to folks about new hardware issues and everything else. So it just made a lot of sense to me as I talked to these guys. So the most important aspect of this whole thing was the price, right? So it's great. There's this company that's going to build me machines, uh, their PCs. Uh, they can be built faster uh, than the Macs because there, there's an open marketplace for hardware in the PC landscape. And everybody's very competitive. So prices are constantly changing and dropping. That's all good news, right? But how much? And so these guys, I went through and I priced it out and it was incredibly affordable and it was a lot cheaper to have them build me a custom system that was faster than the stuff on Apple's website. I'd get more bang for my buck and amazing customer support. So that's kind of my plug with these guys and I know they are my sponsor, and I know that I would be plugging them, but the the truth of it all is this. Like I said, the gear doesn't control me. Sponsors don't control my show. I only talk about people that I use, and I talk about people that I love. Um, And these guys have been amazing to me over the past uh, five years. So if you're looking to get your hands on a uh, Puget, systems machine, I highly suggest you head over to PugetSystems.com. And I'll go there with you right now. Um, they do this really cool thing where they uh, separate their machines out based upon the kind of uh, software that you're using. You know, um, So like if you go to their PugetSystems.com and you uh, click through their main page, uh, they will have little sections, customize your workstation, optimized for Adobe After Effects, Lightroom, Photoshop, Premiere Pro, right? So like if you're a video editor and you click on Premiere Pro, um, then you have two different options um, for workstations. They have their compact workstation and they have their standard workstation. I have a standard workstation and a compact station at the office. The standard's great because it's a bigger case. It has a lot more room to stack it full of hard drives, to stack it full of third party cards. I don't know when and where uh, the manufacturers decided that we want smaller cases. I don't want smaller cases. I wanna have the room in that case to be able to upgrade over the next five, six years um, to keep my machine relevant. And that's an important part of this, guys. If you go and you purchase yourself one of those super fancy, shiny cases that look really pretty on the table, uh, you can't upgrade. You can't upgrade very specific things that need to be upgraded as the future of codecs and the future of uh, shooting formats continues to come out there. So like if you're talking about RAM, RAM is one thing. If you're talking about graphics cards, graphics cards is another thing. If you're talking about, you know, if you're shooting with a third-party, you need a third-party hardware accelerator, you don't want to have to go buy some like standalone cage that then plugs into one of the five or six ports on the back of your machine. Um, you want to have, at least myself, I just want to have this box that I can swap things out in. You know, it, there's a huge difference that if you get like a, an Adobe software update and suddenly it requires you to have a bit more powerful piece of hardware in there and you go, okay, fine, I'll just make that two, $300 investment, stick it in the machine as opposed to having to scrap the whole fucking thing and then go out and try to find yourself uh, much more expensive rebuild from scratch kind of thing. I love the fact that Puget isn't disposable. That's what I love about it. It's, a, it's something that's going to be sitting under your desk for quite some time and be able to do the stuff that you need it to do. Okay, I, I get off on these tirades, guys, so uh, let me get to it. So if you go through uh, the pugetsystems.com website, uh, you can check out the different configurations. Let me click on the uh, standard one here. They give you a system overview. You can choose your CPU. You can choose the RAM that you need. Um, you can choose all of that stuff. And uh, you know, just clicking on it with their base package, um, it's only four grand for the damn thing. And actually they just started a payment plan thing. So at uh, $189 a month, you can actually do payment plans with them, which is super smart because some folks don't have uh, the cash to drop down all in one. Um, And this is just going through their website. I also contacted them directly myself and then was able to speak to them and and get a very customized system built based upon my needs. So let's talk again about the uh, transition from Mac to PC. Like there's a lot of things to be concerned about. I mean, the first major concern is that the actual file structure on Mac and the file structure on PC are different. Um... They have different ways. The folder structure is different. They have different ways of doing things. Um, So I had to do the research. I had to dig deep and find out a way. How do I have a project drive? How do I have an external hard drive uh, that I can ship to clients that will open on the Mac format? Um, And what I ended up finding was this company called Paragon. And there's this program, there's a software called HFS+. Plus which I think now is a subscription-based, which is great because it gives you all the updates. So what that allows is a PC to write to a Mac uh, system structure. So what I can do, what I do often, is when I buy like an external hard drive, if I'm uh, doing DIT work on set, media management on set, I'll make sure that that drive is formatted for a Mac. And then if I'm running Paragon on my PC, I can open it, I can read, I can write to it which is fantastic. And then that drive can be sent, that drive can be put on any of our Macs, on our Mac laptops, and they'll open and use it without a problem. So that's the first real hurdle here, guys. Uh, Paragon HFS Plus is the big, 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 big thing that we solved before I made that jump from Mac to PC. Um, The other thing to consider is that uh, Apple uh, owns um, ProRes, So they basically own the ProRes codec. Um, If you do some, so what that means is that a PC can read it. A PC can drop it in the edit line. You can work with ProRes, but you can't run out to ProRes. You can't output to it. Um, There are some third-party companies out there making their version of a ProRes, which if you uh, Google search them, you'll find them. Um, we're using a specific one right now. I can't remember what the name of it is. I'll try to put the link below. Um, but just Google search. There are companies out there that make their own version of ProRes. Um, but if you don't care about ProRes, um, you know, if you're mastering just to HD64, um, if you're master- mastering out to the Avid codecs, um, and even there's a GoPro codec that is equivalent in the quality of ProRes, Um, then don't worry about it. But if you do need that ProRes stuff, like I said, there are third-party companies out there that make um, a ProRes converter that will just load up straight through um, Premiere or uh, Media Encoder. So when you output your project, you can output using that. Um, They change all the time. They're being chased around, I think, by uh, Apple, but they exist. Um, so those were the two big hurdles that we had. As far as how the operating system works, I mean, it's all the same thing, guys. It's a, folder, it's a folder structure. So you double-click on a folder, you go inside, you find your icon for the program, and you load that program. The thing I really like about PCs as opposed to Mac is Mac's get a lot of hidden folder structures. And I think they do this so that basically their users don't fuck anything up um, because they don't want their users to get deep into it and screw up or delete the wrong thing, and then the systems don't work. I mean, it's all part of their quality control that they do. It's very smart. Um, but being someone that likes to tinker, being someone that likes access to everything, so like if there's some weird, like if you're using like um, uh, Resolve, and Resolve has some weird project folder that are put in, deep down into the system, it's very easy to find that stuff. On a pc as opposed to a mac like i've spent hours like going okay show all folders and find all hidden folders and then where the fuck did you put this timeline okay it's deep deep in here you don't have to deal with that on a pc it's fantastic um other thing that's really great about the pc is like the hardware overclocking that you can do and the hardware monitoring that you can do within the system so you can actually look and see exactly what sort of taxing is being put on your uh on your uh, GPU, on your RAM, uh, on your video card, you can see down to the detail um, what is being taxed and how it works. Oftentimes I'll be doing some sort of playback um, in a project and I'll have uh, external drives hooked up and I'll have my internal raids working and I'll, I'll hit a point in the playback where it starts to really lag and I'm like what the fuck what's going on with this and I'll actually open up I think you can just Control l delete and you can open up, uh, what do they call it? It's basically like a system, it's not system observer, but it's in there, where you can actually see how all the hardware is being taxed. And I'll look through and go, oh, wait a minute, there's a clip on one of the external drives that's 4K, and that thing peaks at the point that hits that timeline. Why am I using that? Okay, I'll just copy that into the Eternals. Um, so it's really good for diagnosing stuff, um, which I think is Important. It's important. I'd rather have more options than less options with it. Um, they uh, Let's see, what are the other things about PC that were interesting? Uh, PC is constantly doing updates now. It's joined the ranks of all these uh, hardware manufacturers that are doing software updates. But you can actually go through and shut those off. That was one of the things I did early on was like shut down all of those software updates that were constantly kicking in because... Oftentimes you'll get a software update with the operating system and then all these poor companies that are making uh, hardware or software uh, stuff that work with uh, your edit program, they'll have to catch up. And I always hated that on both systems when the uh, main system decides it's going to do some sort of update and then all of a sudden all your third party stuff just doesn't work for two or three days because they're scrambling to figure out you know, what the fuck that update did. I do not envy those folks. And that is something that I love about Puget to get back to those guys is that I can give them a call or send them an email and go, guys, I'm having trouble with this right now. And they'll come out and go, we've heard about this. This is uh, because of this new update. Don't worry, it's going to be fixed. It's going to come through. Or don't worry, we've written to them and we told them what's going on. So hopefully they're listening. That's happened multiple times with me. Um, So it's, it's great, man. It's great to feel like you're not alone because in the past when I was using the Apple stuff and I would have this stuff, then I, I would have these errors. And then I would have to join that queue where I send them an email or I get on some message board. Are you going through some elitist, sort of video editing, like top cow message board where guys are rolling their eyes and fucking snarky at you because you don't know specifics. Um, and there's this whole sort of like elitist, I'm not gonna tell you. You don't know that keyboard shortcut? Well, fuck you, you're not an editor. And you're just like, come on, you're, you're not being proactive here. You're not, you're not helping the problem. Um, And that's what I really like about the PC side is that there are still a lot of third party folks or even just general, I don't want to call them hackers, just like people that are able to fix it themselves. So there are so many different ways around a hardware or software problem, and it's literally a Google search away. So like if you run into something very specific, you can Google search that thing out and chances are someone has figured out a fix or a patch. Or something that works. I mean it's fantastic for that stuff. So one of the big concerns uh, years ago was viruses. Viruses were a huge concern and so uh, apparently supposedly Macs or Apples couldn't get a virus and PCs were virus ridden. Um, Their new virus anti-blocking shit in the software in the actual operating system on a PC is amazing right now. Um, We haven't had a virus and we've been using it for five years. Uh, typically, what I try to tell all my editors is that this is a machine built and used for editing. So do not go hunting through the internet and some weird fucking websites looking for stuff that will get your viruses. But a lot of times you have to go find codecs. A lot of times you have to go find this third-party stuff, and that takes you to some sort of really sketchy. It's like the you know it's like the combat zone of the internet sometimes. Um, they're, they're actual blockers. They're actual. Virus stuff that comes with the operating systems in Windows does a really good job of alerting you. And there's a bunch of really great third party stuff that's free that you can use. Like if you use Firefox, you can download, you can add those onto Firefox um, that'll further protect you. Uh, that rumor that Macs don't get viruses is, is a rumor because that happens on Apple's as well. So just be smart. Be smart. Uh, don't look at porn on your edit machine. Let's just be 100% honest about it. (laughs) Um, So uh, that being said, uh, I've been using and cutting with Premiere for years now. Uh, We made the jump when Final Cut stopped supporting its older projects, when it went to the Final Cut X and then you had all of those old timelines, those old project files that you couldn't open. Uh, which was the dumbest move on their part because Premiere just jumped right in and said, hey, guess what? You know, with the power of EDLs and the power of being able to read other people's projects, all of your old Final Cut projects will open in Premiere. Um, And that's why we made the jump and change over to that. Um, But since then, it's been fantastic. Um, I use Premiere for all my major cutting. I use uh, uh, Photoshop for any graphics works, for any titling stuff. Uh, I don't use After Effects that much just because I try to stay away from uh, any sort of uh, effects work. I mean, I I, I usually hire out for that because I spend so much time learning camera work. I spend so much time focused on directing. Um, But I do love to get nerdy about sound effects work. And uh, it took me a little while to get into it, but Audition is awesome for it. And Audition actually has some really cool sound removal stuff, really cool noise-canceling stuff, really cool, um, like, loudness, like, uh, uh, standardization kind of, like, points that are great. I mean, right now, because it's so fucking hot here in Boston, I'm recording with an air conditioner in the background, um, and it's pretty loud. So when you hear this, I'll be using... Quickly, I'll do a pass on the, the noise-cancellation stuff to get rid of it, just so that I don't sweat my ass off up here in the loft. Um, so, yeah, Adobe's the shit, man. I love them. I'm not sponsored by them. I wish I was um, because, you know, it's still a pretty hefty cost to get the subscription from those guys. I think it's like 600 bucks a year to get the full bundle. I think I just had to do it last week. So, yeah, it is. It's like $600. Um, but it's worth it. Like Photoshop alone, that program continues to astound me. I've been using it straight for like 15, 16 years. And every time they do an update, there's something amazing about it. Um, And Premiere has been fantastic. Uh, The support that they have for all these various codecs is phenomenal. Um, The the Lumetri and the quick grading process that happens in Premiere is fantastic. I mean, how many of you DPs out there use lots? I feel like LUTs is like a standard household name at this point. It's one of my favorite things to use when I'm shooting with a camera that's either shooting a log or if I'm shooting with a camera that's shooting raw. Um, And in Premiere now with Lumetri, I can just drop that LUT on the clips in the bin or on the clips in the timeline. It's fantastic for it. Um, And with my Puget system, uh, it's got enough horsepower in the RAM. It's got enough horsepower in the graphics card that I can see all those LUT applications in real time. So when I'm cutting the piece, uh, I see the colors, I see it all there, the client can see it there. Um, So it's important. Um, So let's see, what else can I talk about on the Mac PC stuff? Well, you know what, let's talk about a couple questions that we've had on the show. Um, one of the questions was about the uh, file structure, which we talked about. Like I said, uh, Paragon, HFS Plus, you can do a search for that on Google. You'll find their stuff. Um, they're fantastic, and they're inexpensive. I think it's like 20 bucks for that. Don't quote me on it, but it's under $25 for a subscription to that, which allows you to do that. Um, and there's a lot of other really great products that they have on that website um let's see have you been able to get real-time 4k playback on timelines yes we have been able for the past five years have been able to do so um it all really depends on what kind of codecs you're using Um, i've had up to four uh, video tracks with 4k red raw files playing back so um, no uh, proxies or anything. Uh, and that's pretty cool. The cool thing about uh, Premiere is that it'll actually load the R3Ds. You can cut with the R3Ds. And then, on top of being able to apply any LUTs or anything in Lumetri, you can get access to all the raw data and actually grade the raw data in there if you need to. Now, I, obviously, I wouldn't suggest that if you're going to do a big film. Um, and, you know, most people are outputting to. Uh, resolve or some other sort of color grading program. Um, but it's really great. For instance, like when we do the uh, Bose better sound session stuff, we've got multiple cameras going and those ones, uh, we're shooting like uh, S log or C log or something. Um, I think it's C log. Uh, so we've got like five or six cameras and we have a real fast turnaround on that. And it's multiple camera stuff, multiple angle stuff on a, on a music performance which really doesn't change the lighting. Once you get it nailed down, the lighting really doesn't change. Um, what I like to do on set is I'll actually throw my LUTs onto all of my monitors on set. Uh, when we were using the C300 Mark twos, we had um, uh, small HD. Uh, I think it's like HT5. What are they? Oh, it's the 7s. I'm so terrible with the number, but the small HD monitors that actually allowed us to load LUTs onto them. And those ones seemed to have the best, uh, the closest color look. Um, Because so many of these little tiny uh, under 8-inch monitors, um, you really can't get true color on them. Uh, But these ones were the closest. So I was able to load my LUTs on there, and sometimes I would have really extreme LUTs that I'd be loading um, that really sort of change the colors, like might take the reds out of it and and adjust the uh, oranges or yellows. And the cool thing about being able to load those LUTs on a monitor is that I can dial my colors on those lights and see how the LUT affects them. And I can actually see, you know, uh, what the different color combinations, what the different contrast com- uh, combinations do to the LUT. Um, and then, like I said before, when I actually load up the stuff into the edit uh, and we do like a multicam session, I can just apply that LUT through Lumetri. And if you guys have ever used Lumetri before, it's either a tab that's off to the side where you have your sort of your basic and you have your creative looks um, and then uh, any sort of adjustments, your levels and your layer adjustments underneath. I highly suggest that you apply the LUT on the creative stage because then anything that you're doing before it in basic uh, isn't adjusting the footage with the LUT, it's adjusting the footage prior to the LUT and then the LUT's being applied on the creative point. Um, but sorry, I go off on so many tangents so try to keep up um, but that to me is uh, really functional it would suck if I had to output all these different camera angles all these different cuts out to resolve and then try to do that um, as opposed to just being able to apply my very sort of intentionally lit perfect on set maybe I to adjust some contrast maybe I can adjust some brightness that's it and then apply the LUT. So, the actual grading process on those is down to maybe a day, maybe two days if I've got a couple different performances, as opposed to a fucking week. Um, And if you had to output to resolve from a Premiere, it works, but it can be a bastard. And you have to actually condense your timelines. you have to condense everything, so it can be kind of a bastard for that. Um, And also, when you're dealing with a client that may want very specific changes last minute, being able to do all your color grading in the timeline enables you to actually extend that clip, drag that clip, cut and paste that grade onto another clip that's put in there. Um, It just makes things faster. Uh, Like I said, if I was doing a movie, I wouldn't do it that way, but if you're doing something that has multiple camera coverage, if you're doing live shoots, um, Lumetri in Premiere using LUTs uh, is the way to go. And like I said, if you have a really great system from Puget, Um, all that stuff is real time guys, real time. Okay. So let's see. What other questions do we have kicking around here? Um, okay. So the cost, okay. So Puget systems don't come with, uh, monitors. Okay. No, they don't. So like if you buy a, um, an Apple product, Um, you can have the option of getting like one of their super high end monitors and their monitors are pretty good. You know, um, they tend to have glossy screens. They tend to do all this stuff to make them look the best they can possibly look. And most monitors, if you're a color grader, you know that most monitors are in the sRGB, the RGB mode, and they don't really show you all the levels of color. You know, you'll never see from, if you're a still photographer, you'll never see that Adobe RGB on your phone, on your laptop, um, because the standard monitors don't go above that. There are these new high definition 4K ones, uh, which show a bit more than that. But my issue always was that why would I color grade to a monitor that only gave me a very specific color profile? and the most muted color profile of all. Um, and I understand why they do it. Once again, quality control. They know that if they set all their monitors down to that value, that everybody's monitor, and everybody's iPhone will look the same. So it's, de- and everybody uses those. So you definitely, if you are color grading on something that you know is gonna go on the internet, that you know is going to be uh, seen on a computer or a laptop, um, then why not? You can call it great on those monitors without even thinking about it, because the theory is, as long as that monitor is working properly, the theory is that it'll look that way on all those devices. I don't trust that. So for me, when I realized that Puget didn't have monitors that came with their systems, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go find myself a monitor that I can trust and I can use for multi-purposes. Um, I don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on some standalone Sony unit that I can really only use for video because I'm doing a lot of graphics work. I'm doing a lot of photography work too. Once again, find the tools that work for you, right? That's how I got to Azo. Now with Azo, uh, I found these guys specifically because they come with a monitor and a built-in color calibrator. I don't know if you guys in the past have ever used any of those old school calibrators, but it was like this, this little, it almost looked like a mouse that would like suction cup to the screen and then there would be a third party piece of software that you'd run with it and then it would run through all the different color spectrums. It's kind of a pain in the ass, there were too many little moving parts to it. azo has got these internal little calibrators that pop themselves out and it runs through that whole process for you, it's very simple. And they've had these for a while and this has been a big thing with photographers for a while it's having these monitors that are completely calibrated Um, and they calibrate in any space that you go so you may be using your monitor in a room that's got big windows it's got a lot of daylight it's got a lot of that fifty five hundred Kelvin kicking in the room your monitor is going to be different your eyes are going to be different in that scenario so I was like, okay, cool, calibrated monitor, perfect, let's get that. The other thing I really liked about it was that it actually has different viewing modes. So those monitors, depending upon the model you get, those monitors have your standard sRGB viewing mode, they have the Adobe RGB viewing mode, they have Rec seven hundred nine viewing mode, you can load custom viewing modes into them. um, So you can actually, while you're color grading something with a click of a button, see what it looks like on your laptop, see what it looks like on television, and see what it looks like printed, which is huge. I mean, why else would you, like, why wouldn't you demand that on all of the monitors that you're using? <laughs> like, once, you fu- once I found that stuff out, I'm like, why, why the fuck would I? Okay, so this one looked pretty. It looks really cool. It's on the desk. It looks great. And I've seen all these different videos with all these different directors that have been using this. So I guess that makes me a director if I buy this. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that and the thing with azo is that they're really great their monitors are a little pricey depending upon which one you get their 4k ones are awesome but they're a little pricey but the truth of the matter is with the money that i saved on my puget systems computers i was able to buy high-end calibrated monitors and still be in the same budget range as the apple so it was a no-brainer to me it was a no-brainer to buy that stuff um, and both those products, the machine itself and the monitor itself were shaping to my will. They were bending to my needs, which I like about that. I like asserting my my dominance <laughs> <laughs> over the gear I use. Um, so yeah, where are we at? 43. So I got to keep this short. So that's, what's, that's what I was going to talk about on this episode is the computers I use. I want them to sort of give a plug to Puget, obviously, because they're my sponsor. But also, fuck yeah, I use it. Everybody that has bought one that knows me has been pumped about it. Um, I've been going to trade shows with these guys. been talking at uh, NAB for the past few years with these guys. And everybody that I meet is so excited about how great these systems are for them, about how great their workflow is. And they feel like they're a part of a great little community. And I don't mean like the mindless fucking mantra of like the giants out there that you're spending all your money on their ad campaigns. Uh, these guys don't compare themselves to Gandhi. These guys don't compare themselves to any other godlike figure. They're just a company, a small family-owned company that uh, likes to build machines and they love movies they love people that do really cool projects Um, so definitely go to pugetsystems.com check them out consider making the jump Um, if you are worried about it there's a whole lot of workarounds that are very simple very easy Um, and these machines when you buy them they come out of a box and you turn them on guys that's it same way I hope this is helpful I hope you have enjoyed this first of many many episodes of in love with the process I am your host Mike Petchy thank you for listening be sure to follow us on Instagram at in love with the process pod that's In love with the process pod Uh, there you'll see me doing posts of uh, stuff that inspires me stuff that I find interesting Uh, other filmmakers, other photographers. Let's talk about actors we like. Uh, It's a great uh, account for nerding out about cinema. And if you want to follow me directly, it's at MikePetchy on Instagram. And there you will uh, be able to see all the new shit that I'm working on and the food I'm eating. And then uh, if you go to my website, MikePetchy.com, you'll find uh, a link on top for In Love With The Process. And there you will see... Uh, all sorts of uh, links towards our sponsors. You'll be able to see videos of me using the Puget Systems. All of the episodes of our show will be listed there as well. Um, and uh, also on the Instagram accounts, both of them in the bio is a link to the podcast page where you can subscribe. You will find us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on almost all of this, the uh, podcast subscription services that exist. Um, I appreciate it. If you guys have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Leave me a note. Leave me a message. And I will try to get to them on these episodes. Thank you so much, guys. See you later.